0: and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up, mental health podcast by the depressed, for the depressed. I'm Lindsay.
1: And I'm Chris.
0: And today we have another exciting episode for you all <laughs> on Anadonia.
1: Full of death-defying thrills and chills and hopefully no spills because there's sensitive electronics all around us.
0: <laughs> How are you holding up, Chris?
1: Oh uh, yeah, um... It's a weird time. Um, I'm, so, 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 (laughs) first off, the reason we're doing this episode, as kind of a heads up before we really go into it, is I just found out about this, about anhedonia, like, being a thing. On top of that, uh, it's, it's been exactly what I have been experiencing for, uh, about a year two years now i want to say give or take um yeah and uh finally having a name for it is is awesome but uh yeah so as far as how i'm holding up not great not terrible can't tell can't honestly say Lindsay, how are you holding up
0: I had a very bad bout of very sudden depression where I was extremely suicidal, mm. and then it went away. Mm. Um. So right now, today, in this very moment that we are recording, I am doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, do I, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> the, while I'm doing this, while we're doing this episode, I've been doing a lot of research on ADHD. And I want to do an episode on that soon, mm-hmm. and how that affects our mental health, and how it's different for men and women, and um, and uh, that how ADD doesn't really exist anymore. It's not a thing.
1: Yeah, apparently, I I thought that was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, ADHD is now the appropriate term. They realize that ADD is just another part of ADHD. Mm. So we'll go into that another time. So today we're talking about anhedonia. Now there is a slight possibility that we may have touched on this on another previous episode, long, long, long time ago, maybe like a year and a half ago, because it sounds vaguely familiar to me. But because we both have bad memories and ADHD, <laughs> I don't think that <laughs> this is just going to be as though this is new for us. So take it away, Chris.
1: So so starting off. Um... So anhedonia, we, I think we have mentioned it, but not by the term anhedonia. We've referred to it by what we've both experienced, which is I just don't like things anymore.
0: Yeah, not getting any kind of happiness.
1: Yeah, not experiencing joy or pleasure or anything that is at all rewarding in the sense of living life, giving it meaning, giving it reason to, to yeah. keep going.
0: It probably sounds very familiar to any of you who have experienced depression mm-hmm. because it's something that I think a lot of people don't understand because you're expecting, well, I'm not depressed because I'm not incredibly sad, mm-hmm. but you are depressed and you aren't experiencing any happiness. You're not experiencing like an excitement or a thrill when you're going to go do something new. Mm-hmm. You're not excited to go see your friends and you don't have fun when you're hanging out with them while you feel like you should.
1: Yes. So, starting with the symptoms of anhedonia, and then we'll go into the more personal experiences, um, social withdrawal, a lack of relationships or withdrawal from previous relationships, uh, negative feelings toward yourself and others, reduced emotional abilities, including having less verbal or nonverbal expressions, difficulty adjusting to social situations, a tendency towards showing fake emotions, such as pretending you're happy at a wedding, a loss of libido or lack of interest in physical intimacy, and persistent physical problems, such as being sick often. Now, let me begin uh, by saying that every single one of these I have been experiencing, every single one, for the better part of the last two years. I... It has been getting progressively worse, I would say, probably for me in terms of I am withdrawing socially way more. I am also having negative feelings uh, about myself and others. I am much more, uh, I, I have a definite reduced emotional ability. I can't care about anything at all everything is basically kind of boiled down nowadays to well that sucks uh add it to the pile (laughs) and having that perspective of not wanting to care let alone not having the ability to care yeah it's uh it's not easy to face not easy to kind of come to terms with because trying to figure out anything in particular any reason to like try and fight it is is by far the most difficult aspect of it
0: do you remember what it feels like to get joy or does that feel like that was such a distant memory it doesn't even feel real
1: it's such a distant memory it doesn't feel real yeah and i've i've been consistently the one thing I have been trying to do is dig up those thoughts and feelings Mm. I've gone through old writings old photos old things you know all sorts of memories and experiences that I've had and thought of and tried to dredge up some something (laughs) some sort of some sort of feeling some past experience something that makes me go that's right that is what that feels like but nothing
0: and it's this is not as easy as because i know that there's some people who maybe haven't experienced this to this degree where it's like well Maybe if you just get something accomplished, right? Like if you just try every day and just make your bed or you just Mm. get that one big project done and that sense of accomplishment that you feel, I'm assuming that you don't experience senses of accomplishment in that like happy feeling of Mm -mm. like, hell yeah, I did this. Like I got that done. So it's really hard to then have any motivation because our minds need to have some sort of treat at the end of hard work. And if there's no happy treat at the end, then there is literally no point.
1: The added bonus was I've I've had in the past year or so, I've had like one or two little moments mm. where I've had those like, yes, I did it kind of success moments. Yeah. And then as soon as I feel it and I like try to like hold on to it and like just be like, yeah, this is a good thing. This is something to hold on to. Grab it. And keep it. And it's dead. It's dead already. I've strangled it in my bare hands and it died on the table. So
0: I've experienced, I think we've all experienced it to some degree. I've experienced this as well. And I remember feeling like happiness and joy was something that I just had never experienced. And everything had always made me miserable. And it's funny now that I'm not going through um, a depression that has anhedonia, I don't, really remember what that even experience is like i will have days where i have anadonia or a low level of it where like it takes extra work to get somewhere but nothing like what you've experienced i don't think like the last couple years and if i did it was a long time ago from the outside Mm -hmm. it's been interesting so i've known chris if you're new here i've known chris (laughs) since we were in middle school chris is somebody who's always been extremely charismatic you know, he walks in the room, he's loud, he's doing accents, he's doing silly facial expressions and funny things with his hands, and, you know, t- great storyteller, phenomenal stage mm-hmm. actor, and just really has always enjoyed life. And also, often, the kind of the center of uh, social focal points, right? So, like, Chris will bring people together, Chris is very good at, um, yeah, just, like, making people feel included and listened to. He was someone who was great in crowds, but he was mm-hmm. also really fun to talk to one-on-one because he had phenomenal advice, was, vi- like, present mm-hmm. with you, you know, and, like, when you're talking to someone, they're hearing you. So, and you enjoyed it. I felt like you in- would enjoy those one-on-ones as much as a group conversation. So... um,
1: Sometimes more.
0: Yeah, we would hang out. We would go to dinners and just catch up and talk for, like, you know, five hours. I mean, like, a ridiculous, easy conversations. Mm-hmm. So this, it's been very... Frustrating Mm -hmm. and difficult as a friend to not be able to connect to that person anymore. And even though I understand logically, and I mean, I have more empathy than you know, people who haven't had depression for this kind of situation, it's still difficult when like Chris has not been able to, I feel like, really connect. And it's, I can feel that. So like if, for example, we had a get together, Chris came over with all of our favorite people Mm -hmm. and he sat in a chair the whole time and, you know, would kind of talk here a little bit, but it was mostly quiet and you just kind of zoned and looked out the window. Mm -hmm. Um, The times where I've wanted to talk one-on-one, you're there for me, but you don't usually give advice or much input and it's just kind of like, "Mm, yeah, that, that sucks. And, and then you're kind of, it feels like you're always a little bit somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, and this has been for years like two years now and so like i've actually noticed that i've stopped coming to talk to you things <laughs> because i don't want to a burden you b i feel like i'm not going to get anything back <laughs> and i don't want to put that pressure on either of us to have this great <laughs> social interaction when you can barely handle the day-to-day yeah. you know and so i know that for um and you're the interesting thing that they say let's see were the symptoms one of them being uh, so a tendency to show fake emotions sometimes i wonder if you're faking certain like excitements because i know you're going through this mm-hmm. um and another one that i found interesting was the reduced emotional abilities including having less verbal or non-verbal expressions you don't really perform the way that you like you don't do those silly voices and those big things you don't really uh like get really goofy with your facial expressions and like put your eyebrows up or whatever you know like no you just don't do those things anymore in fact you barely react physically at all and i was wondering for a long time if it was the medicine mm-hmm. because i know things get funky when you're on a medicine and sometimes it you know i've been there and, and so i was like well maybe it's the meds maybe it'll even out maybe things will get better
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I definitely think part of it was the meds, um, because one of the things that is the main cause of anhedonia is prescriptive medication, especially medications like antidepressants and antipsychotics. Uh, I was on Effexor for the last year, um, and I am tapering off of it now. I am back. I went from, uh, 225 milligrams uh I am down to seventy-five now.
0: How long did it take you to get down to seventy five? Two weeks. Damn, that's fast.
1: Yeah. Uh it's not great.
0: Have you had the brain zaps or any weird I've
1: surprisingly not had the brain zaps, Good. but I have had and this is the thing that's most interesting, I suppose, is um I feel again. Mm. If, like I feel emotions. More.
0: The range is bigger.
1: The range exists.
0: The range exists so you don't feel like you really had much of a range at all before
1: Mm -mm, no really it was doing really good things for canceling out my depression and the darker thoughts but and that's really the stuff that i have the most trouble with but when going down the dosages i actually like i laughed at things again I actually found something funny and it wasn't just a, you know, sharp exhale out the nose laugh. Mm, it, was it was a, a genuine, laugh. it was a laugh. It was a genuine laughter at something that otherwise would have been more of a, yeah, that's funny. Mm. Um, But I like coming down off of this still, I I still don't 100%. I don't know how things are going i'm i feel um i do
0: feel like you've been acting a little different recently Mm
1: -hmm. in a good way Mm -hmm. i mean there's some good in it but there's also a lot of bad there's so much bad that's just in the background um rage
0: okay so when i was on antidepressants for a while Mm -hmm. when i got off of them i had the worst Mm -hmm. anger it was as though it had been dampened so long That suddenly being able to experience it again, Mm -hmm. it was this flood. And I actually was a miserable human being to be around. And I got really nasty with an ex-boyfriend, which I hope he's okay out there. Oh, no. Um, But, like, I would, I mean, I'm not a a physically violent person, but Mm -hmm. I was physically violent with things. Like, I would throw things. I never do that. I've never done that since. And I was, like, throwing stuff and Mm. screaming like a banshee. I mean, just awful. So... I wonder if it has to do with that. It's
1: probably part of it. Is is the 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 sudden like return of emotions? Part of it being, well, one of those big emotions that has been kind of existing over the last year has been righteous indignation and rage and anger over that's true everything everything. happening. Mm -hmm. Everything that's been happening, and now things may or may not be getting better, but I don't. I still don't know and I don't see and I don't feel completely, which is, I don't, I think the hardest thing by far at this point is, um, I don't know, um, I don't know why, I don't know why to keep doing things. And... I don't know why to keep trying I just do and I never I know we've talked about this in episodes past about my my ability to be a human being depends on my knowledge of why I don't do well without why I can't just accept things I can't just go well it's just happening just because it's not a reason for me. Yeah. So finding a why or accepting a why, arguably. Yeah. Is, um, the, I, I, I feel like it's the only thing that's going to pull me back to being a human being.
0: You might have to make yourself a why. I, I think we, a lot of us have to find a uh, make a why. Why are we still doing this? Why are we trying so hard? Yeah. You know some people it's easy, right you've got sure. kiddos and and you've got you know just mm. the responsibilities that you can't ignore <laughs> yeah i mean i have
1: been I've been doing a good job of well my responsibilities at my job that that's currently my my reason for existing, which uh is sad <laughs> that is that is a sad one to yeah. to sit there and go well i I make good computer go go good. good, good. <laughs> Make <laughs> the computer go good, go, yes, that's why I exist. Oh, man. Because, um, like, I, I've i seen, like, the, the thought process that always drags me down into the darkest, deepest holes are always about being useless, unnecessary, waste of space.
0: You know, this culture really pro- promotes that yeah. feeling, too. I mean, truly, sure. like, it's... Not as though, as though you're growing up in the most empathetic, creative renaissance time or anything. This is really the, the grind situation and there's some dark times. And I I think for a lot of folks, whether you are, do you have depression, have experienced it, or know someone who is experiencing it and trying to get some information, one of the hardest things about anhedonia is coming up with the energy and the why to be able to be a good partner or a good friend and then the guilt. Yep. I experienced an enormous amount of guilt when I was um going through an Edonia. Yep. And especially because one of the first times it hit me, obviously for myself, was when my first nephew was born. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was in the, it was, you know, we were up visiting and I got to see my newborn nephew. It was the first time I'd become an aunt. And it was this exceptionally beautiful time getting to be with family. In a beautiful location in Northern California, and I felt nothing. I remember looking down at my nephew and feeling absolutely no emotion, and it was this horror of like, what kind of monster am I? you know, and like the guilt, the wave of guilt and then the anger, you know, and the exhaustion of having to constantly keep happy, (laughs) keep smiling. I'm with friends. I'm with family. Oh, we're supposed to go do this. Now we had to smile for this picture because we're with the baby, the new baby, you know, and it was awful. And it was just Mm -hmm. like, um, so frustrating for me because I wanted to be in that happy space and it did come back for me eventually and things were okay, but I think it can you can look like a real asshole to yeah. the people on the outside. I think that's one of the hardest things f- it, about depression is that you just don't have the emotional energy to exude any kind of positivity.
1: They specifically mention on WebMD um <laughs> Re- anhedonia makes relationships including those with friends and family members a struggle. Excuse you. The
0: dog in the background scratching her butt.
1: hmm
0: If you can hear her.
1: <laughs> Anhedonia makes relationships, including those with friends and family members, a struggle. With the reward of enjoyment gone, it's hard to get motivated to spend time with others. You might turn down invitations and skip events like concerts, parties, and even one-on-one get-togethers because you no longer believe there's any benefit in taking part. Relationships also thrive on positive feedback, and without it, they can wither. Imagine not being able to tell someone you love them or that you had a great time spending the day with them. But if you have anhedonia, you can't because you don't have those feelings. Meanwhile, loss of libido can take a toll on a romantic relationship.
0: Yeah, so it'll look like, you know, your wife is a frigid Mm B-word or your husband is a, you know, distant, cold shut down person. And a lot of people who don't understand oppression, um, didn't understand or don't understand what's going on and they take it personally and then they push back and then their walls go up. And I mean, just even as a friend cr- with Chris, who I've known so, so long and who I love very much, I still had to create a space between us because I knew that it was pointless to try and have those moments of connection. Like, of course, I reached out and I told him that I cared Mm -hmm. about him and that I was worried about him and we would see each other. And I wasn't an asshole, but (laughs) it was just like, I didn't seek you out to figure out harder parts of my life or if I was mourning something, I didn't come to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a natural thing. I didn't even think about really. It was just a natural like, okay, every time I've tried talking to Chris, it's been like talking to a wall, literally. Like I'm not getting reactions from this person. I feel kind of, silly or awkward that i have now exposed my vulnerable feelings to this person who had nothing to say and um and i think that it's a good lesson for all of us to remember that some people are just not able to experience happiness and it's not our fault and it's not their fault and it just sucks um and not to take not to get angry at someone
1: even now Like, I'm starting to feel emotions again and starting to think and feel and care about things. Even you telling me all of that, like, there's still, it feels like, in my mind, there's still just, like, it's rain washing down. Yeah. It's not even being absorbed. It's just rattling off of some sort of aluminum siding on the side of my brain. Yeah where i i in deep down in my brain i know i care and i don't want to push people away right. because that's literally the worst a, thing <laughs> the worst thing that i can do it is the thing that frankly uh it's the thing i am scared most of is being abandoned or left alone and like it's so bizarre to try and counter it. It is the worst part of having depression, of having to fight your own brain when you can't feel or care about others. Yeah. When you, especially when you have only known that the majority of your life, When you've only known caring about others and how they feel and what they care about.
0: Yeah, Chris is somebody who's really, like, almost to his detriment, (laughs) been someone who will go out of his way for other people. People who don't necessarily... deserve it and <laughs> i'm trying to think of a good word for that um and he would do it anyway and he was always like just you know one step away from everything just being right there like always and some people would use that um mm-hmm. and to see now that like you don't even you're you're not even on that spectrum Mm-mm. you know it's like you've you've been inhibited inhabited rather by uh, an alien <laughs> beast who, who feeds off of all the positive emotions. So before they can get to you, it eats it up.
1: <laughs> I don't even know where to begin in terms of, like, how I'm going to be digging myself out of this. But just the fact that there is a part of me that wonders how and wants to try.
0: That's good. Because you were at a place where you literally didn't care.
1: I mean, it's I'm still there. But at least now I can... There's there's at least a part of me, it's a very small part, but it's a part of me that's sitting there going, this kind of sucks.
0: I have a feeling the medication situation will help. I hope
1: so. It. I mean, the next week or two will be the big stepping stones, because those will be the 37 and a half to nothing steps.
0: Yeah, those are big ones.
1: So yeah, I've already had talks with my, my psychiatrist where he's basically said, so... Problems don't go from lowering the dose. Problems go when you have nothing. Yeah. Um, And he was actually even at one point saying, like, there's a few options you could do. You could keep going on this, you know, um, you know, tapering off method. Or you can if you wanted to try something different, we could put you on a very minimal dose while you are still tapering so that you're not always while you're not so you're not your brain doesn't have that complete like lack. lack of it. Yeah, exactly. But I'm I'm very much a stickler for no, no. Let's just go to zero. Let's go to zero before we start anything else because I'd rather know that the thing that I definitely was on uh, is gone and not having an effect on what's currently going in.
0: Now this is, might sound like a stupid question. Mm-mm. Have you tried? exercising and did it feel like anything at all
1: so you know what I mean (laughs) yeah no seriously uh I have not tried exercising lately for a couple of reasons uh one my physical exhaustion has been at an all-time high in my life Mm. and two uh my wrist hurts like a motherfucker
0: can't put pressure on it
1: uh yeah so that yeah um I can't I can't like bend it too far back and i can't bend it too far forward and it's very weak and yeah oh yeah so i'm like cool can i just um yeah let's just go with fuck it let's cyberpunk let's get robot arms i want robot arms i'm tired of this just give me robot arms give me a robot body i don't want this body this flesh suit i'm done with it robot body i feel that
0: yeah, no, and I didn't mean it as like, did you try exercise no, to get rid of no, your depression? No. It was more like, I know that some people get a high or I they get to endorphins
1: from working When up. I was yeah. younger. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I don't know the last time I felt endorphins from doing any kind of exercise. Um, anyway, uh, moving forward. Um, so when, oh, that was the other question I want to ask. When did you get on your um, ADHD meds? Was it after you had already started your antidepressant?
1: no it was after i well actually it was after i started the welbutrin and then i so you've never
0: just been on adhd meds alone
1: no never been on just adhd meds alone
0: that'll be the trick
1: that'll be an experience that's for sure because i mean i i've technically never been on adhd meds alone because i'm also on like i'm on on stomach meds and now i'm on blood pressure meds And now I'm on it. Yeah, it's like... Growing up. Oh, getting older is rough, guys. Hey, if you have a chance to, like, be immortal and be a brain in a jar, take it. It's so much better. (laughs) Brain
0: in the jar? Yeah, I know. I, uh... Yeah, we're not gonna go down that dark path. But anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. But I, I, I do want to, like, try and figure out some method of forcing myself to get up and exercise in the morning before I go to work and stuff, because I, I've, I have literally made like a little list of just like, here's all the things that I would like to do.
0: Can you scroll down on that? I actually want to see. So it yes. was saying like what causes it. So, um, sorry, I, I just ADHD out and I was, no, wanted to put a couple more things. So people, who experience anhedonia might not have depression. It's most closely linked to it. Mm-hmm. But it can also go along with um, schizophrenia, bipolar, and it shows up. Um, it can happen with diabetes, coronary artery disease, and Parkinson's as well as others. So it's if you're like, well, I'm not depressed, but I'm definitely not getting any enjoyment out of life, maybe I should go on an- antidepressants, just think about talking with your psychiatrist about all of your symptoms because it might not be depression Mm -hmm. which is interesting because i i actually did think it was basically just part of the depression
1: what's more interesting also is there's some early research that's been done on rats that suggests that the dopamine neurons in the prefrontal cortex might be overactive in people with anhedonia so this would interfere with pathways that control how we seek out rewards and experience them. So given the fact that this is a little bit of a little side tangent, but like, if we think about how rewards, the reward system that human beings have had over the years, um, that reward system, since the invention of like social media and instant gratification, that's been fucked with real hard. Yes. Real hard. Like, you get a notification on your phone and your dopamine receptor goes, Ooh, someone wants something to do with me. Boom. Dopamine. If you've been getting that hardcore for years, like, there's definitely... I would not be surprised to find some sort of correlation between, Ooh, I got a little... uh, Ooh, (laughs) piece of candy. And... I can't feel this piece of candy anymore. Now I need a bag of candy, a truck of candy, a 12-pound bowling ball-sized candy chunk.
0: I remember when I was experiencing anhedonia for a while, I was stage acting. Mm -hmm. And the absolute terror of being on stage would, for a brief moment, like an hour or two, be replaced by a high afterwards. And I would feel like, like it was like a drug. Mm It was like blissed out. And then right back into feeling nothing yep so we just realized that uh we also have an episode on an earlier episode on numbness and i think we we touch on a lot of what anhedonia experience was for me back then Mm -hmm. um and how i would usually experience it before i was getting like major depression i would start experiencing a lack of feeling like everything felt like i was in a cotton ball yes. of emotion like I, I couldn't really feel sharp things or strong things
1: yeah we uh it was episode 38 um i sounded particularly dead um <laughs> which admittedly i think that was uh that was a good time that was the time when i was definitely feeling dead inside <laughs> um 2019 2019 oh such a simpler time <laughs> before the world descended into pure chaos it was only mostly chaos
0: <laughs> anyway, that was, so if you're kind of feeling like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the same way as you guys are describing, like, I wish there was another episode on it. That's a good episode. Mm-hmm. I think one of the episodes that I also would recommend are the lesser known symptoms of depression mm-hmm. um, because I know that a lot of people are confused as to what they're experiencing. yeah. Um, and sometimes doctors are not the best at diagnosing what you're going through, especially if you're a man and you're really angry a lot of the time and feeling like numb and angry. That doesn't sound like depression.
1: No, it can be.
0: But, it, but <laughs> anger is a huge experience. Rage, especially, is a huge mm-hmm. experience that a lot of men have with, with depression. And we talk about that. Anyway, so that was just...
1: But yeah, so as for my as for as for anhedonia and kind of the future i suppose um apparently treating it diagnosis is one thing could also be a vitamin deficiency or thyroid problem which actually hilariously enough had both of those tested by my doctor and uh no i'm I'm fine i had a vitamin d deficiency so Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, I think nothing... all of us have, I... <laughs> all of us do uh, side. too much. Exactly. Uh, thyroid though was fine. So that those were possible contributions though. Um, treating anhedonia though. Um, if it's not medically related, it could be treated with psychiatry, psychology, or another mental health professional, depending it, you should be going to therapy. I should be going to therapy. I'm not going to therapy. I'm also
0: not going to therapy lately.
1: Yeah, it's bad to not be going to therapy. We should all be going to therapy. So we're not. Boo. Yeah. But uh, medication, uh, this is a potential side effect of medication. And then on this article, which I love so much, um, another type of treatment is uh, electroconvulsive therapy. So...
0: If you're interested in seeing us do that, please hit subscribe. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Smash that like button. Smash that like button. Jesus. Make sure you share as we go for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest 2.0. That's right. I get a brain zap. Uh, No, uh, it's apparently like it's it has come very far since those days. The days of people being strapped into chairs and just kind of zapped until they're completely brain dead. That's not a thing anymore, supposedly. But on top of that, there's also things like transcranial magnetic stimulation. I know nothing about this. I would love to read up on it. As well as the vagus nerve stimulation. There's apparently a, a an implant that is quite similar to a pacemaker. The wires of the device regulate... Uh, create regular electrical impulses that stimulate your brain. What
0: the hell? That's cool as hell. I have not heard about those. We will have to do more research and come back to you next time with more information. We,
1: yeah, when I get uh, a, a thing, uh, it pretty much when I go into a cyberpunk future, and I get electrodes shooting into my brain all the time.
0: That is wild.
1: That is definitely cool as hell. So we will hopefully, though, ultimately... See what happens in the weeks yes. to come as I continue to l- l- regain what feeling I may or may not have left.
0: And if you are experiencing anhedonia, remember it's not your fault. This mm-hmm. is not your fault. I'm sorry that you're going through it. And if you're somebody with a loved one that does seem to be just numb and not being able to connect and might be a little bit pissier than usual, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry that you're going through that, too. It's really hard to be there and support. The best things to do is just to keep trying.
1: Yeah. You know? And if you are feeling this, uh, as I am and have been, one of the hardest things to do, like I said, is to try and give a shit. So even baby steps, if you can figure out why you can't give a shit, if you can write it down... That will help immensely.
0: What apps are you using? Are you using any?
1: Um, I'm still sort of kind of using... Um, uh, well, <laughs> one of them changed. It's now MindDoc. It was uh, something that we'd recommended earlier that I can't remember what it was originally called. <laughs> but uh, I still use that, and it still does a good, decent job. I also use Dalio as kind of a... A lesser thermometer in terms of all this is is a simple how are you feeling smiley face not so smiley face yada yada mood trackers mood trackers yeah um and i'm also trying to write things down but otherwise not much uh i'm just trying my best so on that note y'all try your best too
0: do something nice for yourself and for somebody else. If you can. If you can't, listen. All I know is that February 15th, a lot of chocolate is going to be 50% off.
1: Yes. Highly
0: recommend. If you're diabetic, don't do it.
1: Unless it's sugar-free chocolate. In which sugar- go wild.
0: Do it. Go crazy. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode.
1: And as always. Don't Don't tell us to to just just get get over it. it. And it sounds better because we're still in the same room. And we didn't
0: do any of the patrons, so that's fine.